Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit podcast. I'm Chris O'Fault, the editor of the Toolkit. Uh, today, I'm really lucky. My guest today is Kelly Reichardt, uh, a great filmmaker, starting in 1994 with her first film, River of Grass, Old Joy, Wendy and Lucy, Night Moves, and now this great new film, uh, Certain Women, which opens October 14th? Yes, correct. Okay, yeah, okay. And uh, with this group of films, Kelly has really established herself as one of the most distinct and fiercely independent voices we have working in American film right now. Uh, often, uh, people describe um, style as minimalist, which I don't love that term, uh, but I think it's like the stripped down dialogue, you know, of not, and not reliant on normal plot and narrative, but uh, these films are incredibly rich in cinema and that often um, are revealing and kind of unmining uh, these kind of not so easy details about characters in a not so easy world. Uh, life's not easy in a Kelly Reichardt film, and, uh, but they're, uh, I think, never, never sentimental, and, uh, but through an incredibly human lens. And so I'm really, I'm a big fan. I'm really oh, excited thanks. to talk to you about Thank your films. You. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it last night. You know, a lot of your films are kind of etched in the back of my mind, but I haven't seen some of them in a while. And when I, the first thing that kind of pops up into my mind when I kind of like go back and is um, an incredible sense of place. You know, it, it really seems like the location is not only so intricately tied to what's going on with the, the characters in your films, but also, um, you know, your camera and your sense of, you know, composition and the way the landscape is also a huge part of the way you're kind of formally telling the story. And I'm just wondering, I mean, that's, the, is that, is the use of location something that is an entry point for you and a starting point with, with your movies? Yeah, I think the, um, what's drawn me to John Raymond's writing and uh, likewise to Miley Malloy's is that both of them uh, write with a big sense of place also where the characters are very much uh, a part of the environment that's around them. And so, yeah, while I'm working on a script, I'm scouting and getting to know place and spending a lot of time at a place. And that's uh, sort of the um, usual beginning point uh, for me is uh, driving around scouting. That's my understanding is that the, 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 the it's more scouting. That yeah, there's, there's a lot of driving around. Um, with, Lu with, with, <laughs> with Lucy. With Lucy. She's gone now. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know I lost her a year ago this week. Oh. Um, yes. From Wendy and Lucy. From, from the, Wendy the and Lucy. Uh, so she was my driving companion. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we, yeah, we made 20 trips cross country plus all the scouting in between. Um, so yeah, uh, now it's a whole new, uh, yeah, now I don't know what to do. Yeah. Was I'm, she here for the scouting for, for certain women when you guys uh, were living? It's Livingston, Montana, right? Yeah, she was sick at that time. Okay. So um, anyway. I'm sorry, I don't want to. We can't I, even I, talk I, about Lucy. I, I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean to just but no, but I mean, so that's a big thing for you. I mean, like it almost uh, visualizing, but also connecting yeah. with the story is, yeah. is actually being in the place. Getting right? to know a place and the sort of routine so you can sort of understand, uh, um, you know, like Montana, where certain women, it's the first time I've ever lived in a place that wasn't where there was no coast. I'm up from Florida. I've mm -hmm. lived in New York. I've lived in Oregon. Mm -hmm. I've lived in California. But being landlocked is a really different kind of insular feeling that I think um, plays into a lot of different things. And so it was interesting having that experience. You use the word lived. Like that's really- Well, you, I mean like you go, you live there for three months. No, that's what I meant though. Yeah. I, know, I know that it was yeah. like, but like 
this is really something where you actually are spend. I mean, this is a part of the routine is actually also spending so much time. Oh there yeah, you gotta that, spend time. Yeah. Yeah, that you, you're not just in there shooting crowd services, but you're actually living. No, there. you gotta get like your routine and your grocery store you go to, and just um, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, I went from making night moves in an environmental film to being in Montana driving an SUV, <laughs> listening to country radio. <laughs> you know, um, but. Jesse Eisenberg's character wouldn't be happy. No. Because uh, um, you grew up in Florida, right? And yeah. Then, and then New York has is, is, is been home for a, a yeah. while, and then you, te you I do, teach upstate. You, you and far. you leave the. You, okay. Yeah. So I'm curious um, the going out west, yeah. I, I, in kind of knowing a little bit about your process and also your films, I'm mm -hmm. curious how much of it is that process because I know for you like part of it is like leave leave yeah. the day-to-day -day and actually um, and I think probably that physical like going out west and, and like I'm going to go make a movie and exit yeah. my life and how much of it is actually um, there's something and obviously Portland's not the same as Montana but in general something about uh, uh, the west and the western landscape that kind of yeah. speaks to you. Um, there is it is I don't know it's a big question in um, life like this uh, drive um, that seems um, at this point not adventurous but tedious because I do it so often and so much um, but now you know like I don't uh, have Lucy so she's not my excuse for I can't fly but what is it I do know that there is something about the drive that's part of the process and maybe that just being away from everything else and um, uh, just getting in that mode of being between two places I mean it's hard for me to exactly put my finger on but um, there is some point of the drive around Kansas like <laughs> if I'm going that route where I know it makes sense to me um, but Ultimately, I think all the films, even Meek's Cutoff, where they're walking a lot of the time, I, I, when looking back at them as a whole, I realize how much of the film is like about getting from point A to point B. And no matter what the story was in the beginning, it somehow, once um, in my hands, becomes this, um, you know, driving from the parking lot to the pound or driving from the... Uh, you know, house to the office or, you know, from the law office to the mall. And, you know, it seems to become this uh, about these times, these little passages. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> Someone else can write about that. <laughs> um, the, you once said something that I loved about how you read a lot of things that you like and that you connect mm -hmm. with, but that sometimes you avoid, um, I assume you're talking about scripts, maybe it's stories as well, um, where you kind of instantly know what to do with them. You, that you get, yeah. and, and that there's something about ones that you're drawn to, but there's something you have to discover and figure out. Yeah. And I, I think explores maybe the... Right, the, like if it's too easy to picture, yeah. then like who wants to live with it for three <laughs> years, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, the center story in certain ways. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Oh, what, yeah. was it, what was it about, what well, was about that you've... In these stories. Well, that's her name? her name's Miley Malloy. Miley. Yeah, Miley. yeah. Okay. Miley's that one story. When I read her collection, I was really like, oh, I wonder why 
I wonder why she put that story in there. What is that story? That story is not. I just. Um, I, I couldn't. Which, which, the, it? It's called um, Native Sandstone in okay. her, and it's the Michelle Williams the Michelle part of the story. Right, yeah. In, in Miley's book, it's called Native Sandstone. I just couldn't really um, figure it out, and but it stayed with me, and over time, I uh, became like, oh yeah, that story is about you know everything. It's about like going west and conquering. Uh, you know the land, and um, you know taking uh, what you see should be yours from someone. I don't know. It just mm -hmm. like I, it just started to make sense to me. And then um, yeah, and then a family dynamic was more introduced into it, and a kid and all that kind of stuff. But um, which the original story didn't have. But um, but that is a good example of a story that at first seemed so simple, and then nod at me and then I was like oh I wonder if that could be gotten across yeah it's interesting yeah I have not done I haven't read any of her um, work but I mean these are I mean the film we should just say this the film has three distinct parts uh, mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in Laura Dern anchors this first one and Michelle Williams is in the second one and and then uh, uh, Kristen Stewart uh, Kristen Stewart and and there are three distinct stories there's a little weaving there, there's yeah. a the overlap yeah. between some of them, but um, and Lily Gladstone. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah, whole yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. absolutely. But uh, <laughs> the um, what I mean, so it seems like that middle one mm -hmm. was something that really drew you to it, and and that it, that was I, came in late actually. Uh -huh. I couldn't really make it work, and I was trying different stories there. Okay, and then that one was sort of solved my that was a piece of puzzle that made it work as a whole. And also in Miley's story, the rancher is a boy. Mm -hmm. And so, and there were things about changing gender and making a family situation and making a boyfriend situation for Laura, just some personal things that helped. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but the idea of tying three of them together, I don't, is that something that I you don't know that they are. So like they're, they're very sort of loosely um, connected. I mean, and I think they're connected by. Um, I I know someone else could talk about this. <laughs> uh, I'm not the most articulate. Well, they felt. Person I mean, watching them, they there was something that they really spoke to each other. There's something about yeah. them that together they feel really whole. And so I'm just assuming there was something in that because normally, that. I mean, there's a history of this of the kind of like the yeah. three, the, the the you know yeah. chaptered films and things like that, and they don't always feel they're thematically. Um, related, and you can see that, and often it's the yeah. same author's work. But there's something about the way, and you've never done this before, I don't think. Like, it, like there's something about the th way that they're kind of speaking to each other, and these these women are their stories are kind of speaking to each other. That I, 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 is that yeah. is that something you ever like kind of like formalize in your head, or is it just more like you felt like that as well, like that there was some kind of um, yeah, I felt like I didn't want to force anything on it, and that, um, but I did think that they were, um, that they related to each other, and I thought also um, they related to the place and this, um, and there's this, um, uh, I wish I, I'm waiting for someone else to talk about it in a in a better way than I can really talk about it but there's something about uh, like when you go to Montana 
end, there's this, um, the echoes of Native Americanism that mm -hmm. comes through either like hotel art, which is everywhere and is so far removed, um, or the, um, the sort of, uh, you know, Pendleton fashions of um, what used to be, you know, that is high in sort of grooviness now. And, um, and this idea of, uh, and you see very few Native Americans, and, but there's this like, um, there's all this Native American sort of product <laughs> everywhere but um, not uh, you know but you're looking for brown faces and you see a lot of white faces and um, and so I was sort of interested in in that um, also and I don't really know the great way to talk about it but um, uh, how like one person's kind of heritage becomes another person's throw pillow <laughs> or just their um you know in the in in sort of i guess what we take from um uh uh just like i guess what we take from certain groups of people without actually like um seemingly having much interest in the people or what's important to them, but mm -hmm. just taking the more kind of superficial layers of things. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. The, it, I, I could do this with any scene, but I figured the opening one would be the easiest just because we don't want to ruin anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when we first, the film starts, um, you have these very distinct frames and frames within frames and the mirrors. And in the ways that we're watching people and kind of kept a little bit of a distance, how much of that is something that is completely thought out in your mind ahead of time? Are you someone that's oh, yeah. got it all mapped out? I mean, it certainly yeah. feels that way. Yeah, um, I like to. Um, the mapping out is the fun part. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like to um, sort of have a whole the kind of visual language for the film it mapped out, and then know. Um, uh, that things are going to change and that um, uh, locations, some locations aren't found yet. And, you know, the downside is is that I'll have a rigor to it that we'll all get trapped by my, the idea in my head that's not working for um, the place that I ultimately ha that find. Um, my scout and um, Tony Gasparro, the production designer, were so... Um, even once I started shooting for places I didn't feel were quite right, they would keep going out and look and look and look, and they were so relentless, and that was really helpful. Um, but yeah, the idea of, um, you know, those early shots are kind of my, like, um, ode to Chantal Ackerman. <laughs> Not that anyone would know that, but me. But, um, <clears throat> but uh, no, the idea of this, like, uh, what should be the most intimate scene being um, kind of presented in um, pieces that aren't where they're not together. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was part of the design, and then um, and then, but it was broken up differently. And then we got that house, and I could see like, well, okay, I can break it. You know, I can do this with it. And so um, you have to, you know, there's like preparedness, and um, and that's 
partly the part I probably enjoy most when you're alone and you have your picture books and you're figuring it all out. But then there's like the making it work with, um, with what's there, yeah. Since, um, I think it's Old Joy, basically everything besides River of Grass, it's been about a film every two, three years. Yeah. Uh, I think that it pretty much has always been that. Um, is, is that about right for you, or would you like to be able to move faster? Would you like to be able oh, to no, make more? No, I don't want to move faster. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the, the obstacles of making mm. a film, but that's about in terms of... That's a fast pace, I think. Yeah, I no, mean, I teach for a living, so no, I have like no. a day job, yeah. too. Um, so that's quite a fast pace. Oh, I mean, yeah. and, um, and, that, and I think some of that pace is because I felt like for a decade I couldn't get anything happening, you know. Because River of Grass yeah. has such, it seems like that There's, was, that yeah, was like a long like time after school, years. and then 11 years before, yeah. and then you, yeah. and there was like a big windows on either side of yeah. that, and. Let's not make me sound that old, but yes, it's true. Um, so then, you know, once the door is open and you feel like you have a chance, mm -hmm. you, um, you know, every film feels a little bit like a miracle and you just, uh, you know, I'm always convinced it's the last movie. I, I thought with Meek's Cutoff, I was like, no one's ever letting me make a film after this. There is no way. This is like, mm -hmm. so I gotta just do this one the way I want it, and this will be the, you know, the, I had my hurrah. <laughs> and then, you know, if you're allowed to make another one, you don't feel like you can, um, uh, but working any faster, I, I really think a script needs time to be lived with, and I think that you need time to live with the images and read books that you wouldn't otherwise read and discover painters that you wouldn't otherwise know and just get into the whole world of research and live with it for a while and let it percolate into something before you, um, uh, you know, I have this argument with my agent. He goes, you could shoot this winter. It could be done. And it's just like, it could be. But, you know, if I did it in a year from now, I would have, uh, it'll be different. And it'll, you know, so, um, and it's nice to have time to work with, again, to spend time on a location and really learn to see in that place mm -hmm. as opposed to um, shooting something where it feels like you're a tourist, you know, and that, means like hunkering down and like having a routine and knowing what the laundromat is and where the grocery store is and those and working with your production designer and your costume just like why that's like why would you you have to things need time to cook uh, your movies are always uh, wonderfully cast and this this movie's no it's, no yeah. exception I mean just these people really I mean I think they really take to your work and kind of live in the characters mm -hmm. and it, it, it's beautiful but the the uh, the thing that I, I it seems like very rewarding to me is is that and I, ha I I'm wondering how much of this is your ability to to keep making films is that in the last especially the last two films Night Moves and then this film you also have people who are well established um, the kind yeah. of stars is that support crucial in that kind of having yeah that's the, how you get to make a film that's how you get to make <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah yeah and so how does that work is that is it is it something where um, people have come to you and said, I'd love to be in your film, and you start thinking about them and roles, or, or are um, you it's writing? It's all different. Every, it's all, it's really different. Um, uh, it's been, um, um, I think um, Michelle and Heath saw Old Joy, mm -hmm. and um, 
and then worked with Todd Haynes and Michelle uh, was sort of like I I want to roll like the um, like the uh, Will Oldham role mm -hmm. and you know and um, and then uh, you know so that was a big uh, that was I had actually written that part thinking of um, trying to get Sadie Benning to be in it and who's not an actress who's a filmmaker and um, and I sent her the script the week her dog had died and then Todd was like I think Michelle would do this and I was like she's not going to be in this movie mm -hmm. that's crazy and then um, lo and behold there was Michelle um, so that was and then and then just working um, with that level of actress mm -hmm. is like kind of an epiphany you're just like oh wow okay I get this this is um, like someone that you know you can sort of tune in and to do a little more that you know I mean I just um, hadn't fully had that experience and um, so that was kind of um, rewarding and then it just sort of you know there's stuff that comes with like fine you know like Lily who you know is less of a technical actress and yet has something so you're amazing uh, about her and uh, and is bringing you know so that's exciting and and I've did that and you know with River Brass and Old Joy and um, that's uh, it's a mix. It can be like it's a mix. Can be a mix. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the people in Old Joy had done plenty of acting, so right. it's not to say. But, um, but then um, I, you know, uh, after that, yeah, I don't know. It's like just with someone like Kristen Stewart. Is that something where it's like that was a dialogue that had already begun, or did you think about? Did you write that role and think, wow, she'd be great in it? I might as well. I thought that she'd be good. I s saw her in The Runaways, and I thought she was really good. And yeah. I thought it was interesting that like she, I was like, oh wow, that's. The girl from Twilight. Wow, that's what you know. And not that I'd ever even seen a Twilight, but you know, you I saw was the like, posters, yeah. Right? Um, you live in New so, York. You saw um, But uh, and then she was in my friend uh, Richard Glatzer and Wash West's film, Still Alice, and oh, right. uh, okay. and so it sort of came to. And she was good friends with Dakota and Jesse, so they were like, it was all sort of like. So I was like, Dakota's going to go do my mm -hmm. friend's film, and Dakota's friend's going to come do. Mm -hmm. It was all sort of uh, like on top of each other in that way. Uh, but I didn't meet Chris until she showed up. I mm -hmm. was like, is she really gonna come? Oh, you know, oh, there she is, hey. Um, yeah, so, um, uh, and I just, you know, working with Michelle is just fun. Yeah. And, um, and, I, I don't know, Kristen was amazing. I mean, I thought, I was worried Kristen might be too big for that part. And I thought she was just so willing to like, let that be the rancher story and play mm -hmm. this other role in it. It was just a very generous and um, nuanced, really great thing that was happening between the two of them that was coming from both of them. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of unfolding while we were shooting. And so, um, and some of it, I didn't even realize till I was in the editing room in, in that case. Um, I knew the parking lot scene was good when we were shooting it, but mm -hmm. some of the diner stuff, I wasn't like, it was such a crazy night. Um, but uh, then you sort of get in the editing room, you could sort of really mm -hmm. see the nuance of what they're both doing. Mm -hmm. And then whatever, Laura Dern, I wanted to work with forever. Yeah. yeah. She seems like it's like, how has she not been in a Kelly Reichardt film? <laughs> Only for uh, <laughs> scheduling, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Um, last, last thing, how 
does the teaching fit into the filmmaking world? Is it, how much of this is that there's a stability, there's and, and there's yeah, a base, totally. and but also how much of it is also working with kids and working with film and being in an environment where you're thinking about film. Also, is this is it a complementary well, part of it is the a complementary part, but it's very specifically um, uh, it's very specifically. Uh, that I've been at Bard, and it just opens, your question just opens for me to say that, you know, a big part of my experience teaching at Bard that's like really influenced my work and been a big thing is working with Peter Hutton, who passed away this summer, and who I think is like a really important American filmmaker. And um, I, and also Peggy Awash, she, I got the title of the movie from Peggy Awash, who, you know, I, my colleagues are, um, uh, I'm surrounded by filmmakers that I think are um, make me have a conversation about film that I wouldn't have if I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And um, along with breaking it down with kids and the students who are making you think about things in a new way all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, it's both. It's like um, it's health insurance, and but it's also um, it's. It makes me stable and makes me, um, I like I have a routine and um, I, I mean losing Peter I just, I, I don't know, I'll, I can't even say how much he's made me think about, the ways he's made me think about film and time and um, uh, do you know his films at all? Do yeah, you know, I do. They're, you know, they're going to show one at the festival, and um, in, the, in the projections. Is yeah. That, oh, okay. And if you um, we'll if you've never checked out a Peter yeah. Hutton film, it's um, it completely explains why um, when I'm constantly asked the question of uh, like, don't I want to? work in the industry in some other way, I yeah. always think to myself, like, you must never have seen a Peter Hutton film. <laughs> there's, a, there's a quote from a recent interview, and I think mm. you were talking about Peter in this, and yeah. it, but it has to do with process. I, mm. I think you had mm. attributed this to him, but it's, a, it's not about sitting around and waiting for the big idea. Mm. It's about picking up your camera every day and training your eye to see and to look at light and to think about sound. It's the day-to-day -day work so that when you do have something you want to do, you're not just putting a camera in your hand and chasing around. You have an idea. You've been look you've been looking. That's and that, totally a Peter Huttonism. Yeah. And that, in it in it that hits I mean, yeah, he he just is a person who had an amazing sense of timing, just his speed. It's just like from working on mm -hmm. ships, I think, and being at sea for a long time. And mm -hmm. and he um he's a great person to show a cut to and mm. get a kind of feedback that you're not going to get somewhere else. So, um, and it speaks yeah. to a process too. It seems yeah. like that's all totally. very organic yeah. to it. And yeah. yeah, and all those people that teach there have that. So, okay. yeah. Well, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. I the movie opens uh, October 14th yep. and you should go see it. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks.